You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. Welcome back to America Trends. Good to be with you. Good to have you with us. Without any further ado, what I want to do right now is go to our political analyst, Barry Nussbaum. You can find him at findberry.com. Do, do we have to look for you, Barry? Is that how that goes? We have to, like, uh, like where's Waldo? Findberry.com? We did it because no one can spell Nussbaum, Dr. G, so it's a very easy way to find me, and it's a link to all my stuff. Link to all your stuff. All right, Barry, the very beginning of the debate showed us a more presidential Donald. Let's watch. Mr. Trump. One of the biggest political events anywhere in the world is happening right now with the Republican Party. Millions and millions of people are going out to the polls and they're voting. They're voting out of enthusiasm. They're voting out of love. Some of these people, frankly, have never voted before. 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, never voted before. We're taking people from the Democrat Party, we're taking people as independents, and they're all coming out, and the whole world is talking about it. It's very... The Republican establishment, or whatever you want to call it, should embrace what's happening. We're having millions of extra people join. We are going to beat the Democrats, we are going to beat Hillary or whoever it may be, and we're going to beat them soundly. But Barry, the Republican establishment really can't embrace the Donald Trump presidency because their jobs depend on there not being a Donald Trump presidency. So, uh, so even though the more presidential tone, even more of a very diplomatic request, uh, do you think this moves anyone in the establishment? You know what, Dr. G? It's going to get to the point of inevitability, and it's get on the bandwagon or get run over by the wagon. And Trump is acting more like the boss of the party that he is being elected to be. He's talking the talk better than he's ever done it. And by the way, I thought he did a super job. That was a fastball over the center field fence. He called it like it was. And everybody that's voted for him so far right now is going, yeah, that's why we voted for you. We're part of that movement. He called it the way it is, and he was right. Yeah, fascinating psychology going on here because it really does seem that he has finally made that pivot that many of his supporters have been asking for for a long time. I know uh, my text threads are filled with, oh my gosh, he finally transitioned. He finally realized he's the front runner, got comfortable in his own skin as the leader of the GOP party effectively at this point. Um, I noticed a much softer um, approach from his opponents tonight. There's not a lot of personal attacks. We're not talking about his hand size or anything else <laughs> like that. But he's he's been softer as well. Do you think that the reality of where we are in this election is finally sinking into these candidates? Well, I, in, in regards to Marco Rubio, who made the salacious comments about Donald Trump's hands uh, last time, uh, he got so much backlash on that, Dr. G. He had nowhere to go but gee that was a mistake mm -hmm. and he actually said that earlier today if i had it to do over i wouldn't have said that i wouldn't have brought those comments up because it literally torpedoed his campaign he had been above that sort of thing when he dove into the mud i think it torpedoed what little chance he had left and i think you're going to see the results of that on tuesday 
uh, sadly for Marco Rubio. Yeah, sadly or not for Marco Rubio. I mean, he, you know, he, he at this point, there's no point in his being in the race. There's no point in John Kasich being in the race. And I have to tell you, I'm very suspicious that the whole reason both of them are in the race at this point is to try and force a uh, convention, uh, leaving Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, who are, are obviously the front runners, with not enough votes to be able to uh, avoid that convention so that then the establishment can, I don't know what the establishment thinks it wants to do, but I think they, they have some fast tricks to pull in there, don't you? Well, at this point, um, the backlash to the Mitt Romney speech was so strong, so um, universal that even the strong Mitt supporters from four years ago uh, are wondering what the heck was that. Um, to fractionalize the party destroys the GOP and absolutely guarantees that the Democratic uh, nominee will be the next president of the United States. So pragmatism in the end needs to win out, Dr. G. I don't think there's a vast conspiracy that's actually going to ground itself in any kind of success uh, and broker the convention. I predict uh, Donald Trump will walk into Cleveland uh, with the requisite number of votes and he'll be elected on the first ballot. That's my prediction. And by the way, after uh, after Tuesday, uh, I think Marco's gone. John Kasich will stay in because he's obviously running for vice president. And that's what his campaign is now lining up to be. Hmm. Marco Rubio got some people fired up with his comments, Barry, about Islamic hatred of the United States. Let's watch. I know that a lot of people find appeal in the things Donald says because he says what people wish they could say. The problem is presidents can't just say anything they want. It has consequences here and around the world. And so let me give you one. Two days ago, I met this extraordinary couple who are on furlough because they're missionaries in Bangladesh. It's a very tough place to be a missionary. It's Muslim. And they, their safety and security very much relies upon friendly Muslims that live alongside them that may not convert but protect them and certainly look out for them. And their mission field really are Muslims that are looking to convert to Christianity as well. And they tell me that today they have a very hostile environment in which to operate in because the news is coming out that in America leading political figures are saying America doesn't like Muslims. So this is a real impact. There is no doubt that radical, uh, radical Islam is a danger in the world. I can also tell you that if you go to any national cemetery, especially Arlington, you're going to see crescent moons there. You're going to, if you go anywhere in the world, you're going to see American men and women serving us in uniform that are Muslims. And they love America. But Barry, this is the persistent twisting of the words of Donald Trump. I hear it every single day. I do interviews every single day where someone twists the words. They say Donald Trump hates Mexicans. In this recent excerpt, um, Marco Rubio said uh, that Donald Trump has said America hates Muslims. None of that is true. He actually said that Islam hates America. So, so this constant twisting like this, it hasn't paid off for Marco Rubio. It hasn't paid off for Ted Cruz. The only one who hasn't engaged in it at this point is Kasich. And all of this resulted then in the endorsing of Ben Carson uh, for Donald Trump tomorrow. So where do you see the field going within the next week or so? What do you think happens as this all plays out? Well, first, let me respond to the first part of your comment. Uh, this speech that Rubio gave on Islam absolutely could have been, could have been written by Barack Obama. Mm. It sounded almost it like did. a Barack Obama speech that Islam is our friend and there's a couple of bad apples. Donald Trump earlier in the night actually doubled down on this subject uh, when asked by uh, Jake Tapper 
does he does he really feel that Islam is against America? And he actually said, yeah, I do not. America is against Islam, but vice versa. So you called it the way Trump is saying it, that there's a great number around the world that want to kill Americans and to apologize to the world by saying or at least insinuating that it's the Muslims uh, that are doing this because of our behavior is very reminiscent of White House speeches from Barack yeah. Obama. I think yeah. it's going to blow up in Marco's face. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Barry Nussbaum, thank you so much for your analysis. Find him at findbarry.com. And if you can't find him there, you can go to Where's Waldo. Who knows? Barry might just show up. Coming up, Lila Rose, president of Live Action. They've got a film that uh, is blowing the minds of people across the country. And we're going to talk about it with her coming right up here on America Trends. So let's check in with Barry really quickly. Barry, update us. Yeah, I think the math is looking really, really bad for Kasich and Rubio. As of today, Trump is at 458 delegates, Cruz 359, Rubio 151, Kasich 54. But here comes Super Tuesday, and here's the really bad news for everybody that's not named Trump. In Florida, Trump is up 20 points in Rubio's home state, and there's 99 delegates there. He's up six to eight points in Ohio, 66 delegates there. He's up in Illinois over Rubio, and he's up over Cruz in North Carolina. Okay, well, that's a good teaser, a Barry. We're going to have to leave it there for this segment, but we're going to come right back to you with some more analysis and predictions moving forward into this week of the Super Duper Tuesday. I want to bring back Barry Nussbaum uh, for a few minutes because uh, we have more to talk about in the analysis. This week is going to be pivotal. Um, many say Trump is a foregone conclusion, but uh, we're going to watch this week because still a lot could happen. Barry, here is another clip from tonight's debate where Trump talks about the new tone of this debate. This, we're all in this together. We're going to come up with solutions. We're going to find the answers to things. And so far, I cannot believe how civil it's been up here. Governor Kasich, let's get back to social. You know, never one to shy away from uh, the controversy, though. Trump uh, pretty much pressed on his uh, controversial Muslim comments, and that went like this. Islam hates us. Did you mean all 1.6 billion Muslims? I mean a lot of them. I mean a lot of them. <laughs> Do you want to clarify the comment at all? Well, you know, I've been watching the debate today, and they're talking about radical Islamic terrorism or radical Islam, but I will tell you there's something going on that maybe you don't know about and maybe a lot of other people don't know about, but there's tremendous hatred, and I will stick with the... So he doubled down, as you told us a little bit earlier, Barry. But why do the Democrat debates never talk about foreign policy, about ISIS, about any of that? It seems like they just almost avoid the topic except to excuse away terror and to sort of indict the American people for having any fear of terror. Terrific question, Dr. Gina. It's kryptonite to the Democratic leadership right now because... Quite frankly, the former Secretary of State is married to the foreign policy of the President of the United States, 
which has allowed this to run rampant in the Middle East. Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.